Hello and what is up? You are listening to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discussed all discussed, discuss all things spoke be as well as take a look around the NHL. I don't know where you are, but here the sun is shining. It's a glorious fall day and the leaves are falling. That's right. Always great when the Boston Bruins come up victorious against the Toronto Maple Leafs, which they did last night on home ice, a 4-2 win over Toronto. We'll get to that in a moment. To keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, please follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me at ENC McLaren on the Twitter machine. Please subscribe to Locked On Boston Bruins on Apple, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, wherever else you listen. Please rate and review, getting some really great reviews coming in, which I very much appreciate. Uh, anyone could just toss a star rating, write a couple of lines to say, hey, uh, you're enjoying the show, would be very much appreciated. Today, like I said, we're going to take a look back at last night's win over the Maple Leafs. I opened up the mailbag, so we have a few questions to answer. And then, uh, as we do every day, we'll finish off by taking a quick look around the NHL and seeing what's going on elsewhere around the league. But, to begin, it is Tuka Appreciation Day on the podcast. That's right. Bruins star goaltender Tuka Rask, he appeared in his 500th regular season game last night became the 72nd goalie in NHL history and the first Bruin goaltender to accomplish that feat. And he did so against the team that drafted him back in 2005, the Toronto Maple Leafs. He is the winningest goalie ever drafted by the Maple Leafs. And in a great twist of irony, he has never played for the Toronto Maple Leafs, appearing in all 500 games as a member of the Bruins. Of course, after being traded, uh, before making it his NHL debut uh, in a deal that involved uh, Andrew Raycroft, who was a Calder winner at the time, but um, I think that worked out pretty well for the Maple Leafs. Uh, Rask got a, a raucous reaction from the crowd on home ice last night, uh, which was always great to see. Uh, he said, it's super nice. I mean, it's one of those milestones you're only going to hit once if you ever get there. I wanted to recognize the crowd. They've been behind me and the team for so many years, so it's a nice moment. I'm just super happy that I've been part of this organization in a town like this for so many years. Uh, if you look back on Rask's career, you'll remember that he was the backup to Tim Thomas when the team won the Cup, but he's been uh, the number one goalie ever since uh, Thomas uh, cut his career short. Uh, he won the Vesna Trophy in 2014. He helped the Bruins reach the Stanley Cup final in both 2013 and 2019. Um, and for as much criticism as you take sometimes and people um, creating goalie controversies when they aren't really there or saying uh, he's not worth his contract, we should look to unload him. Uh, we have been especially fortunate to have a solid presence like Tuka Rask in that for the Boston Bruins over the last several years. And, um, you know, he's been rotating starts this year with Yaroslav Halak. That's a luxury that the Bruins have. Uh, I think Bruce Cassidy said Rask is likely to start on Saturday against the St. Louis Blues uh, as they head into a back-to-back situation uh, as they play Sunday against the Rangers. So that would kind of buck the trend of equally rotating starts to begin the season so far. 
but uh, and I would expect Rask to get the majority of the um, the starts moving forward. Uh, kind of maybe a, a 60%, 40% split. Um, but it was really great to see his team step up last night and get the uh, the win for Tuca in his fifth, 500th game. He stopped 28 of 30 shots uh, faced against the Maple Leafs. And Bruce Cassidy said, the guys on the ice, they want to win for him every night. But I think they realized tonight was a special night. And I thought we played pretty well in front of him. I'm sure they're very happy for Tuca. Anyway, he's on to 501 on Saturday, probably. And that's, again, the reference to um, Rask likely facing off against St. Louis on Saturday. The win was Tuca's 269th of his career and extended his team record that was set last February. So, again, he's the winningest goalie in uh, Bruins history, and he just continues to add to that benchmark. He's now 4-1 on the season with a goals against average of 9.44, so no losses yet in regulation. Um, that save percentage, um, Brad Marchand has been with playing with Tuca since uh, both were coming up in the organization. After the game, he said, it's great to see Tuca get the win. It's been 12 years together, something like that. It's a lot of fun to see guys like that. They're such a great example as teammates and hit big milestones. It means we're getting old, but we've had a lot of fun together. He continues to find ways to improve and be better for this team, and it's a big reason why we're a good team right now. It's a lot of fun to see him continue to be a phenomenal goalie in this league, and he will be for a long time still. He's earned it. I think part of that improvement, as we've said time and time again on the podcast, is that Halak is there giving him some extra rest. But um, Tuka you know, carried the load in the playoffs, and he was sensational, and he was a big reason why they came oh so close to winning the Cup. And in my mind, not the reason why they did not. Um, speaking of Marshan, he and Pasternak were both dynamic again last night. Pasternak scored his league leading 10th goal of the season in unreal fashion. He collected a Marshan pass to the right of the Toronto net, pulled the puck between his legs, flipped a shot that found its way through Michael Hutchinson's five hole to put the team up one, nothing at that point. He had scored earlier, but that goal was waved off due to a uh, offside review, which uh, I said on Twitter last night is one of the dumbest things in hockey. Patrice Bergeron's skate was like millimeters above the line as the puck went in the zone. Play went on for a good 20, 25 seconds, but the goal was called back. Uh, even though Toronto had you know chances to clear the zone, get control of the play, they weren't able to do so. Um, I think it's a pretty stupid... Uh, a pretty stupid review. If it's not caught by the linesman, then that, you know, that happens just examining the minutia of whether a skate is this far off the line when the puck crosses is just a waste of everybody's time and takes away from the excitement of goals. Um, after the game, Cassidy said of Pasternak, everything he does catches my eye lately. He's just on it. He's on pucks. He's strong. His conditioning seems great. He's playing a lot of minutes, hard minutes against good players every night. Uh, playmaking ability, he set up uh, Marshan's goal, just a wicked cross-ice pass. Uh, he's making plays, getting a shot off. He's stronger on the puck. He can be a little more, so he can be a little more creative. Um, so, um, yeah, it's amazing to see how Pasternak just continues to take his game to the next level. 
we check the leaderboards. He is the uh, top goal scorer in the NHL, as I mentioned. He was the first so far this season to reach 10 goals. He did so in uh, nine games. Uh, he is second in total points, tied with Connor McDavid uh, with 17 through nine games. John Carlson leads the NHL with 20 points through 11 games. So if we look at points per game numbers among those three, Pasternak is the league leader at 1.89, ahead of Carlson's 1.82, and ahead of McDavid's 1.7. So uh, he's on pace to be uh, the leading scorer at the moment. Obviously, he wants to stay in this goal-scoring pace, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, He's on pace for, what, like 91 goals or something stupid like that. He could easily push for 50, I think. If he gets his assists there, he could make a, a strong case for 90 points, I think is reasonable for him this season. Uh, but if this, you know, ridiculous hot streak continues, then the sky is really the limit for Tuca. And uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, great to see that um, that growth in him again this season. Uh, what else were we going to mention from last night's game? Yes, it wasn't just the, the top line that carried the load. We've talked uh, at length about secondary scoring on this podcast. And uh, while the Bruins were able to get two uh, earlier goals from Pasternak and Marchand, it was the secondary scoring depth players that came up big with the two goals to seal the win. Uh, Jake DeBrut, oh, sorry, Brett Ritchie scored at 635 of the third. That proved to be the game winner. And then uh, Par Lindholm got his revenge on the team that allowed him to walk away last season, his team last year, Maple Leafs, and scored the Fourth goal to seal the deal on that one. Um, Cassidy said it was coming. You could see it. Richie's starting to turn a corner. Coyle and DeBrusque, they've been closer. They're on pucks a little better, so I was happy for them to get rewarded. I thought they did a better job getting out of their own end, winning puck battles when it mattered, and it translated in the other end. So it's great to see that secondary scoring start to emerge more regularly uh, with David Krejci hopefully coming back at some point soon. Uh, We'll start to see that depth kind of spread out a bit more. And um, yeah, hopefully that trend can continue where the top line isn't just carrying the load. This morning here on Wednesday, it looks like Andres Bjork is not at NHL Bruins practice tonight. That might signal that uh, his call-up was kind of a one-and-done situation. It looks like Joaquin Nordstrom was practicing Uh, So he may be close to returning and therefore Bjork can be sent down for some more uh, seasoning. He looked pretty good in his debut um, season debut. He didn't, you know, uh, you know, he didn't light things up per se, but he had a solid game, both ends of the ice. And I believe he'll be back up in the NHL lineup sooner than later, but it was a, an encouraging um, performance from him. Oh, and look, we got some breaking news coming in. Anders Bjork has been sent down to the Providence Bruins. Many and uh, Bruins beat writers are tweeting, but it's likely a paper move, and he's expected to be up with the Bruins for Saturday night's game against the Blues. So, uh, yeah, kind of more of a cap move to send him down, save that cap hit in the days between games, and uh, it looks like he'll be back up for Saturday's game against the Blues, which is pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, take a look now at the mailbag. So yesterday I put out a call for mailbag questions and I got a few responses so we can take a look at those here now. 
JD Young at my fry hole. He asked, as a Sharks fan, what's it like to have reliable goaltending? Uh, obviously, we talked about Rask here off the top and how great it has been to have him in the mix over the last several years. Uh, also, having Yaroslav Halak as his backup is a wonderful luxury. Uh, it's funny thinking about uh, Martin Jones in San Jose and how he was a Bruin for uh, a few short days there and how um, you know Don Sweeney was able to acquire him and then flip him. Um, in case you forget, he was acquired on June 26th, 2015, along with Colin Miller and a 2015 first-round pick in exchange for Milan Lucic, which is a pretty ridiculous value if you look back and see what Sweeney was able to get for Lucic and how quickly his value has depreciated. Four days later, Jones was sent to the Sharks for Sean Corrali and a 2016 first-round pick. The 2015 pick was used... Uh, to select Jacobs Borrell, 13th overall. We all know the story about the 2015 draft and how the Bruins left the likes of Barzil, Connor, Shabbat, Svechnikov, Colin White, Brock Besser, Travis Konechny, all on the table in favor of Borrell, DeBrusque, and Sinitian. Um So a bit of an unfortunate piece of asset management there. In 2016, the Bruins used the uh, pick select or acquired from San Jose to pick Trent Frederick, um, 29th overall. And um, the jury remains out on that. You'll know, most notably, Alex DeBrincat was selected 39th overall by the Chicago Blackhawks, and he's uh, kind of exploded. Uh, it'd be nice to have that kind of scoring uh, from the wing instead of Trent Frederick and whatever he might be able to bring to the table down the road. Uh, all that to say, Martin Jones uh, hasn't panned out with the San Jose Sharks. The Bruins made out like bandits in both of those trades, in my mind. Didn't really take advantage of them uh, on the draft floor, per se, but um, you know, the Bruins had the luxury of already having Rask there, so it was kind of just uh, acquiring Jones, flipping him to San Jose for other picks because LA and San Jose did not want to deal directly. So it was a nice piece of business for Sweeney there, despite kind of the uh, miscues on the draft floor. Um, and I'm just saying on Twitter now, Bruce Cassidy is talking after practice today in regards to Bjork. He said Bjork didn't skate. Can't guarantee he'll be back in Saturday, but thinks he's earned another look. I think that's a bit of an understatement. Maybe playing a bit coy there. Joaquin Nordstrom was a full participant in practice. Uh, David Krejci skated before practice. Team will not practice Thursday, so they'll be off. We'll see how he is on Friday and if he's able to get back in the lineup on Saturday. So just a quick update there. Uh, the next question comes from uh, Twitter friend at Tanya Rizak. She asks, do you agree that Pasternak is underappreciated by the league? Uh, perhaps coming into the season, I would have said yes, but I think now based on his ridiculous uh, start to the season he's getting regular uh, highlight love from the NHL on Twitter in terms of videos and gifts um, I think people are starting to see more and more that um, he is kind of a marquee talent in this league even during last night's game James Myrtle from The Athletic uh, he tweeted during the game that what did he say 
Pasternak's a leaf killer, but also Pasternak is 100% one of the best players to watch in the league. Um, I would say he's 100% one of the best players in the league, period. I think any underappreciation that may have been lingering uh, in regards to him would be uh, erased at this point based on how well he started the season. I think maybe he's not really beloved by uh, a big segment of hockey fans, seeing as he is a bit of a leaf killer. Uh, but, you know, he's uh, certainly exploded to begin the season. Like I said, he leads the league in points per game, putting himself in very, very, very early a Hart Trophy consideration and Rocket Richard contention. Um, so I think by the end of this season, if he remains healthy, hits 50 goals, things like that, he'll be generally regarded as a superstar in this league and uh, a huge <laughs> discounted contract for the Bruins, uh, seeing as he's only making $6.66 million per season. Uh, at Tanya Rizak also asked, what do you think of the new Star Wars chiller? I actually have not seen it yet, so let me put pause and come back in one second. Okay, wow, yeah, that looks uh, pretty pretty cool. I uh, will confess I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I'm more of a, if I look at, you know, famous movie trilogies, I'm more of a... Lord of the Rings, Back to the Future, Karate Kid fan. I did see, you know, I've seen all the movie, Star Wars movies in theaters, uh, the prequels, the reissues of the originals when they came out. I've seen the two new ones in theater. I don't really have an emotional investment into the new characters as much. I couldn't really summarize the plots of the first two uh, new movies if, uh, if forced too, but I will see. Uh, I will see this one in theater just because it's uh, an experience and you know something to see for some closure there. Um, but yeah, not not a huge Star Wars guy myself, but I will see the movie, and uh, it is pretty cool to see some allusions to Darth Vader and and things like that in there. Uh, but yeah, I'm not um, too invested in in the storyline by any means the last question comes from at jeremy tiermini and he asks can you explain how so many canadians in the niagara falls southern ontario area are bruins fans my wife extended family lives there and i never understood the loyalty to the bees uh this is a very uh personal question for me as seeing as i do live in southern ontario for those who who didn't know that uh, I live in, uh, yeah, just about an hour outside of Toronto. Needless to say, the last few playoff appearances between the two teams was a bit of a into the Hornets' nest kind of situation for Bruins fans up here. Uh, I think a big part of it, I know, speaking from personal experience, is the fact that my parents' generation, so my dad and his his mother actually, uh, were huge Bruins fans living in Trenton, Ontario. Uh, mostly due to the presence of Bobby Orr on the Bruins in the 70s. He's a good old Ontario boy, obviously one of the best players to ever play the game. And he, back then, there was limited options to choose from. So if you weren't uh, living in Toronto and weren't a Leafs fan, living in uh, Ottawa, being a Canadiens fan, a lot of people were drawn to uh, the Bruins because of Bobby Orr. And I believe that that really stuck um, I know, yeah, like I said, for me personally, my dad was a fan and I developed an affinity for the team, uh, most 
mostly through the 90s and late 80s uh, as a result of my dad having uh, enjoyed the team during those championship years back in the early 70s. Uh, there are quite a few Bruins fans up here, even just walking my kid to school. I get a lot of comments about my Bruins hats. Good to see Bruins fans in the neighborhood. Um, when the Bruins won the Stanley Cup in 2011, Rich Peverly, he is from Guelph, and he brought the cup to our OHL arena here. And the f- whole floor of the rink was packed with with Bruins jerseys, wanting to see the cup, wanting to congratulate Rich. They actually weren't going to open it up for photos and autographs because the, the crowd was too big. They ultimately did. And I was able to get a pick with Rich, um, which was a great day and a really cool way for me to celebrate their win from afar, not being able to go to the parade and all that. But um, yeah, I think a lot of it roots back to Bobby Orr, to the original six days, to our parents' generation, and then just having that handed down um, to to me as uh, my dad's son, obviously, and you know other parents' uh, kids picking it up from them as well. And like I said, even my grandma, she would sit and watch uh, Hockey Night in Canada on Saturdays uh, to see Bobby Orr in action uh, because, yeah, he's one of the greatest of all time. So that is the mailbag for this week. Thank you for sending in some questions try to do this uh, pretty regularly on Wednesdays. So I'll open up the mailbag again next week and uh, feel free to hit me with questions about the Bruins, the NHL, uh, pop culture, uh, myself, uh, anything that you'd like to talk about is, is on the table. So hit me up with questions on Twitter at L O underscore Boston Bruins or at Ian C McLaren. And now it's time to take a quick look elsewhere around the NHL. I mentioned earlier that John Carlson leads the NHL in points with 20. He became just the fourth defenseman in NHL history to record 20 points in October. We have a week left in the month, so he'll certainly add to that. And uh, just a ridiculous start to the season for John Carlson. Historic, in fact. Uh, The Bruins won, as I mentioned, uh, but the Buffalo Sabres kept pace atop the Atlantic Division. They're now 8-1-1, one and, one, and they're in first place overall after beating San Jose 4-3 in overtime. Uh, Jack Eichel had two goals and assisted on two others, so he was in on every goal last night for the Sabres, and they continue their red-hot start and remain three games ahead of the Bruins in the standings, albeit with a game in hand. Uh, so, yeah, crazy start for the Sabres. I expected them to be a bit better, but maybe not, uh, you know, top of the NHL standings at any point in the season. Um, so good on them for getting off to a, a hot start. I just saw as well that speaking of Atlantic division opponents, Colin White is out three to five weeks for the Senators. They're obviously down near the bottom of the NHL and Colin White uh, is a big piece of their future. So to lose him for any length of time will continue to, pile up the losses with a view to getting the first overall pick at the end of uh, the season. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for news. I guess the Colorado Avalanche, they're still waiting on word from uh, about Miko Rantanen. Uh, he injured his leg a couple nights ago, and uh, we'll see if he's out for any length of time. I guess hockey Twitter right now is all abuzz over Lucas Spiza getting picked up by the Winnipeg Jets off waivers. He had been put on waivers by the Ducks with a view to him clearing and signing a deal with the the Ducks, but the Jets swooped in 
and signed him. It's always hilarious to see on Twitter how these little minor moves uh, are um, spun into big, big deals when it's really not. Who cares? It's the Jets. It's Lucas Pisa. It's not going to likely, uh, you know, move the radar in any direction for the balance of power in the NHL. So that is it for today's show. This has been the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Again, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Ian McLaren. This is a daily Boston Bruins podcast. I tweeted out yesterday that it's been a real joy and privilege to be uh, able to host this show so far. I hope I'm getting better each day. I hope you're enjoying the podcast more and more each day. Uh, If so, please rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And uh, please, if you have any feedback, feel free to shoot me a message on Twitter or email the show at LockedOnBostonBruins. Tomorrow, we will have the uh, All the President's Men, which is a look at the NHL Power Rankings Top 5 Teams. And uh, look ahead as well to, uh, you know, Saturday's game against the Blues and Sunday's game against the Rangers coming up here on the weekend. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day and uh, talk to you soon, friends.